FM 102.9, 105.9, AM 1310. On your smart speaker, it is News Talk KZRG, Peter Thiel. Steve Scott. And Ted Bohorquez. He's the congressman who represents Southwest Missouri. He's also a friend of the show. It's Congressman Eric Burleson. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, guys. You came out last week and endorsed uh, Donald Trump for election in 2024. What brought you to that uh, decision? Um, especially after watching how, how, what he's had to go through with all of these trials, you know, I, I, I believe that, you know, I think he did a great job as president. Some of the most effective things happened um, in my lifetime happened under Donald Trump. If you think about it, um, every president before talked to or aspired to bring peace to the Middle East or to make America energy independent or, you know, all of the things that he was able to accomplish, including the amazing economy. And, uh, and Trump was the only president that actually did those things. And so uh, I, I, now, I, I, I don't, you know, he, he has the way he talks, and I'm not a big fan, of, but we're Missourians. Like, we, we're polite people. He's a New Yorker. Yes. Um, very different. <laughs> and uh, But at the end of the day, what I really came down to is that, this moment in history is, is I, I think we, we can either look back on it and, and, and regret that, that what happened with Donald Trump, or we, can, if, or we can reelect him and look back and say, America was at the brink of becoming like, uh, like a third world or you know, totalitarian re- republic where they throw their political enemies in jail. That they, they, you know, they silent speech, all of those things, but but the American people stood up, elected Donald Trump, and he cleaned up all that stuff. And I I think that that's the point that we're at. That's the inflection point. It's uh, the Workers' Choice Act, Congressman Burleson. Yeah, I've got a, a bill. You know, I, I was sponsored right to work whenever I was the state legislator, and the big complaint from unions is that. Um, that they, they they call them free riders, individuals who would who would bit, quote unquote benefit from the from the negotiations of the union or the representation legal representation of the union, but they would put their they wouldn't pay union dues. And this is the way unions force other people to pay their dues. Uh, I call it forced ridership. I don't think it's a free rider issue. But that being said. This bill completely addresses that issue because what my bill does is says in if you're in a right to work state and you're an employee that decides not to not to join the union, you can represent yourself. You, the union doesn't have to represent you. You can negotiate your own your own salary. You can negotiate your own, you know, whatever the circumstances of your work are going to be. You, what, you can negotiate the scope and the parameters of what your work is going to be. You can, all of those things are are in in your hands, just like like most employees in America. Eighty, what is it? It's like near ninety-two percent of the workforce in America negotiates the terms of their employment. But but if you are a member of a union and you and you're not happy with the union deal that you're getting, you're stuck with it. You cannot negotiate new terms. And obviously one of the this, things that a lot of people have issues, not only just the, the terms, 
but essentially where the union dues go because frequently they go to Democrats and promoting things that uh, are almost the opposite of what the values would be for many union members. That's right. Even today, you've got unions that are promoting all this liberal woke stuff, including transgender surgeries. And the, and the question is, when, since when did labor unions become the champions of, of abortion rights and transgender surgeries? It's because they're, in, they're married to the left and the progressives. It's uh, there's still a lot of debate having to do with uh, aid to Israel and the Ukraine and the border. Let's start with the Ukraine, Congressman Burleson. Where are we on aid to uh, help that country out? So right now we are standing firm that uh, we're not going to talk about Ukraine until we fix the border with with real, um, actual, um, measurable reductions at the border. And so the Senate is, has, has initially, and the president initially has said that they, that's not, that's a non-starter. Uh, and so we, so to his credit, Speaker Johnson walked away and said, well, then Ukraine won't get funded. And that's been the position. So right now they are negotiating with Senate Republicans, a version uh, to, or, you know, Provisions that will, quote unquote, fix the border. But the problem that I see is they're not negotiating with the speaker and not with negotiating with the House. And until they negotiate with the House and with the speaker, it's not, they, they're negotiating with the wrong people. They need to be negotiating with the majority of the House. It's uh, If there's a deal struck and there's uh, people getting together and we come up with a compromise we can all at least somewhat live with, uh, would uh, the speaker uh, call people back to Washington to vote before the end of the year? Yeah, that's that's certainly a possibility. I have a feeling it's not going to happen before the end of the of the year, but it is a possibility. All right, that's good. It's uh, it's and also having to do with uh, the southern border. If I correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, for a second, Congressman Eric Burleson, I believe. That originally that uh, we were looking at migrants of three different countries, El Salvador, Guatemala and uh, Honduras. I, I am hearing stories of large groups of people coming from Senegal, of all places, uh, people coming from China, people coming from all over the world. How are those people not just put on a plane and sent back to where they came from? Exactly, exactly. And that when you talk, I went to the border and I talked with people that, that are on the border and you, you can, so there has been for over a hundred years, this cultural mix that is Hispanic and, um, you know, you know, and, and American, right? Yes. And they're used to that. They're very much used to that. And this is why even the Democrat Hispanic uh, members of Congress that are on the border are changing their tune and, and being more aggressive about shutting down the border because everyone is becoming startled by the the number of Chinese, um, Europeans, um, people from the Middle East that are coming across the border. So that's that's what is causing, I think, this shift in in some political philosophy. And I think that we're we're beginning to hear that the Democrats 
in the Senate and the president are willing to take some of the provisions of our border security stuff. But the point I want to make, and I think that Chip Roy says it really well, is that we're not going to pass something that's just lipstick on a pig or lip service. We, we have to actually fix the border, fix this situation, and which means the Biden administration cannot ignore the, the law. Right now, we have, we, you know, Donald Trump used the same laws on the books and was able to, to secure the border. This guy is not willing to use those laws, and we've got to force him to. Well, remember, the Democrats have this thing is that uh, they always want to pass a new law for something there's already in. For instance, like the the Libby Ledbetter Act uh, for equal pay for women. Equal pay has been a law in the United States between men and women since the 1960s. I mean, just enforce the law. If there's some big thing, enforce the law. Passing a new law ain't going to help nothing if nothing it gets enforced. And that's the that's my my issue. Congressman Burleson, thank you so much and appreciate oh. your service. And you have an amazing, uh, amazing weekend. Thank you, Peter. You too. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. It's Congressman Eric Burleson on Newstalk KZRG. And uh, we're very, very blessed to have him. It's the KZRG Morning News Watch.